Today we finish our gallop through Galatians, a three-week series in Galatians, and we see that at the end of this letter, Paul seizes the pen, and he writes some final personal and emotional pleas for this church that he loves. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Galatians was one of Paul's first love churches because it was one of his first church plants. And so he had a special place in his heart for the Galatians. And so paragraph after paragraph, he's begging them, these non-Jewish Galatian believers, to not give up on freedom-filled faith. These young and eager early adopters of Paul's message of Jesus is all you need. They were getting confused and misled by what I call the Jerusalem Headquarters Rules and Regulations Police. Uh, those those know-it-all Christians from Jerusalem who said, really, the way that you need to do this Jesus following goes like this. And so in this final postscript, Paul talks again of how this rules and regulations version of following Jesus, that for the Galatians... Um, Lots of it was about whether you were circumcised or uncircumcised. This kind of following Jesus was just a show and a sham, if you believe these rules and regulation police. And it's awkward to talk about circumcision. We're nice, polite Canadians. We don't necessarily want to talk about um, penises and cutting foreskins, but this is first century Galatians, and the problems of the church. And so just imagine how infuriated Paul must have been knowing that these earnest, good-hearted, non-Jewish followers of Jesus were being forced or shamed to get circumcised. He's furious. And so in the postscript of this letter, he seizes the pen and he says, look at the large letters I'm writing here for my final words. It's kind of like the first century version of all caps emails, right? Have you gotten uh, one of those emails where it's like sentences and sentences of all caps? You're like, okay, okay, just I get the point, calm down. So Paul writes in large letters and says, those who wish to put on a good show in the flesh... They are the ones who are trying to compel you to circumcision. These circumcised people do not even keep the law themselves. Their insistence on circumcising you springs from their desire to boast. And Paul's not trying to create an us versus them dynamic where it's the, the Jewish Christians are the bad people and the Gentile non-Jewish Christians are the good people. He says none of us can boast. In fact, boasting has been blown away, crucified by the cross and death of Jesus. There's no more this or that. There's no more yin or yang. We, we don't live in a binary world anymore because of Jesus. And he says, for neither is circumcision anything, nor is uncircumcision anything. What is something is New creation! And that's the message that Paul keeps on shouting from the mountaintops. New creation! 
and along with it, freedom. So if you remember two things from today's sermon, those would be them. New creation, freedom. Paul holds everything that Paul held sacred and dependable is getting blown apart because of new creation and freedom. Paul, this former enforcer, interrogator, like I was reading to the children, this guy, religious zealot who was putting Christians in jail, was having his, his mind blown away. His, his circuits were being reconfigured because of the spirit of the living God. And so then his out-of-this-world message was, Jesus is all you need. I met Jesus. And Jesus set me free to live a free life. Live freely then. Let your lives be animated and motivated by God's Spirit. And so that affects every particle and atom of Paul's being. And it's intriguing that every generation comes up with a way of finding ways to be circumcised or uncircumcised. We make up Christian rules. Maybe it's dating or sex standards for young people. Maybe it's marriage and divorce rules that we make lines of judgment on. Maybe it's boundaries for how far I should go or not go in regards to any cultural topic. Um, Watching TV or alcohol or dancing or movies. If I do this, it will prove my devotion to Jesus and I'll be a great model of how to follow God. If I don't do this, it'll prove my devotion to Jesus and show how I'm a great model of following God. And I'm sure if you've been a Christian and been a part of a church for a little or a long time, you know the cultural rules and regulations that we have come up with over the years and decades. Some of you have lived by them. Some of you are in therapy because of them, right? These rules and regulations and these boundaries and these tiers and who's in and who's out and who needs to try harder and who's doing just enough. Thank you very much. And if we're honest with ourselves, the reason we have those rules and regulations is because it's scary to live in a world of freedom. It's scary to leave boundaries and rules behind. There's risk, there's danger. There's unknowns, there's questions, there's quandaries. And maybe we're tempted alongside the Galatians to say things like they were saying to Paul. Well, Paul, these more experienced Christians from Jerusalem headquarters told us so. Shouldn't I honor their expertise and experience? Or maybe it was, but Paul, these Christians are giving us clearer guidelines on how to live the Christian life. That's a good idea, isn't it? Or maybe it was, but Paul, in the Old Testament, we're learning that even Abraham at 99 years old was circumcised. What's good enough for Abraham is good enough for us, isn't it? Paul's answer, balderdash. 
He probably used a stronger word than that because he was mad. He was furious. He was mad at any person or religious groupies who would strong arm or intimidate us into giving up our free life in Jesus. So for us, hearers and readers of this letter 2,000 years later, what does it mean for us? And I don't want to give us too many pats on the back and be too self-congratulatory for us as a local church, but I do want to say that maybe there's something about our church that seems to have a culture and a posture and maybe part of our DNA to birth and also give hope and encouragement to followers of Jesus who have been set free to live a free life in God. I think there is something special about this place. And I was reflecting on some of the places of freedom that that we've roamed through over the past years and decades. And maybe you have some good stories in your mind. When I first came to this church um, 10 years ago, uh, we started uh, renewing and reflecting on our bylaws. And part of that was to remove what that, that, that council at that time 10 years ago uh, was calling second-class membership. Because in our bylaws, during probably the 50s and 60s, um, we came up with full members and associate members at First Baptist. And you were a full member if you were immersion-baptized, and you were an associate member if you were sprinkle-baptized. And so... I think in the 50s and 60s, that might have been cutting edge for Baptists, that we actually let sprinkled Christians be a part of our church in a membership way. Some of you are nodding like you know that generation. And so we decided, well, maybe it doesn't matter how much water was involved in the baptism or at what age that baptism happened. Maybe everyone could be a full member of First Baptist. And we did it. Yay! And all the Presbyterians said, Hurrah! I can finally be a full member of First Baptist Church. I've been going here for decades. Thank you very much. (laughs) So that was good. Live a free life in God. Don't have this two-tier membership. When I grew up in the 70s at First Baptist Lesbridge, in our church directory, our phone directory, we underlined the members' names and then didn't underline the non-members' names in the church directory. (laughs) So we knew who were the good Christians at First Baptist. All you needed to do was look at the phone book, and you knew who were the better Christians. But speaking of membership, uh, we don't shame or judge you if you're not a member. If If this is your worshiping community, and you find life and health and Christian formation here, and you want to give to and be a part of this work and worship that we do in the world, great. Do it. Members aren't better than non-members or adherents. And we don't have a local statement of faith here at First Baptist, which might surprise you, but many churches do have a, on their website a statement of faith that clearly defines what we believe and what are the ground rules for Christians who hang out at this church. And we've chosen not to do that. Part of that's historical, is being Baptists. Baptists don't tend to be 
creedal Christians uh, in, in that sense. Though we as a local church would say, of course, we um, acknowledge historical Christian creeds. And even today, in our communion liturgy, we recite the Apostles' Creed because we do believe that these words and these phrases about God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit unite us and also empower us. So these are places of freedom. So, yay! And I hope that this is the kind of church where you can continue to grow and be free to live a free life in God. Now that being said, I think the letter of Galatians is also a caution to us free church people to be careful because this Galatians church that had started with deep love for Jesus where these new eager believers had fallen head over heels in love with Jesus in just a matter of years had fallen to this place of rules and regulations. This if-then Christianity. If you do this, then God will love you more or, or, or be more proud of you or give you more things. So we embrace this free place, but we also recognize the caution of any generation of being a church. That there are things that will come up to us where we will be tempted to come up with new rules and regulations for who's in, for who's not, for who's the good Christian, for who needs to try harder. And it's a great day for us then to come to the table of our Lord, a table where it's a great big welcome, a table where there's a level playing field, where everyone gets in on the goodness and grace of Jesus. A table where it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for decades or whether you're just maybe returning to Jesus or on the cusp of coming to faith. This is where you can be welcomed. This is where you can understand more of new creation. You can understand more of freedom in Christ. And even as you receive the body of Christ today, as you receive nourishment from Jesus as you um, take in the cup of Christ and drink of Christ's goodness and salvation and grace and mercy, might you and we be recreated as new creations. And together might we have our old ways pushed away, our old ways crucified in Christ, And might we have our spirits and our minds and our bodies and our hearts blown away by the breath of Jesus that breathes on us anew. New creation. Jesus empowering us to live full and free lives in God.